Welcome to The Money Doctors, conversations on financial wealth and money matters for medical and dental professionals. When it comes to investing in property, often the first step is consulting with someone on the financial and tax implications that come with that. Someone like Bongiorno Group Director Nick Fennessy. He's joined by Julian Muldoon, One Group Property Advisory Director, who helps clients discuss issues around the intent of property investment. Julian explains to Nick that there are two key things for those who are looking to invest in property. What are the objectives and their financial capacity? If we know those two things and we can start to map out what areas and locations and property styles might be of interest to them and relevant to their investment strategy. And investment strategy sounds complex, but it's basically the game plan, the roadmap to get them to their goals. And that's the property style, whether it's units, townhouses, houses, whether they're open to buying and completing some cosmetic renovations or if in the long term they want to do some subdivision, whether they're buying multi-unit sites for cash flow. I mean, property is so broad And it can be complex, but the key thing is really to start learning around what the options are and then slowly you'll start to realise the ones that that suit your needs and the ones you're comfortable with, which is super important. All right. And and some of the big things that we tick off with clients, we say investment properties generally have got to have five major nearby uh, resources available to them. And over a period of time that these properties generally go up fairly well in value, we look at things like access to schools, access to main roads, access to parks, hospitals and shopping. Do they feature highly in your analysis with the clients as well? Yeah, definitely. We run what we call suburb snapshots and we, we rank all of those criteria and more. And I mean, we would say that there's um, you know, historical value in, in things like you know, great school catchments or you know, certain period charm in the properties. You know, affluence and income because they can afford higher properties. So we look at things like the median and the higher end of that market. We look at lead indicators like number of visits per property listing online and key projects that might enhance or influence the area. So if they're expanding the on-ramp and if they're putting money into local schools and we know that's a lead indicator because the area is going to be better in the long run as opposed to a lag indicator which says, oh, the market grew by 15%. We're kind of coming at it a little bit too late. So I think the key ones around education, transport, arterial links, you know, high streets, all that stuff's, yep, very, very, very good information. Uh, and then once you've got that, it's then being able to then benchmark that with other areas because a lot of areas are going to tick those boxes. So it's then when you've got a list of 10 suburbs that meet all of those baseline requirements, what's the more granular stuff that we look for? And then on top of that would be the other points I'm sure you know, which is all around the property, floor plan orientation, you know, the streetscape and all the things around if there's any easements or anything running through the site. There's probably a lot of risk indicators there to have a look at as well. And as far as the level of engagement or the likability of a property from a client's point of view, being an investment property versus an owner-occupied property, do clients need to be as emotionally involved or emotionally attached to the property as, as they would be if it was their own property? The short answer is no, definitely not. I mean, you, you've got to love your home. You don't have to love your investment property and you have to see yourself living in the home, but you definitely don't have to see yourself living in the investment property. But it is very hard to compartmentalise that. And we talk to clients often about put yourself in the demographic of the person that lives in that area because um, it might be if it's a neighbouring suburb and the people in that area are just like you, then possibly you do need to look at it as though whether you would live there just to see whether they would live there. But generally speaking, it's more around the numbers. It's more around the land size and all the growth drivers. So it's very statistical investment, very non-emotional, but I'd say there's always just that tiny little bit of emotion that's very hard to take out of the decision. If you can do that, you'll be an amazing investor. You're right. I tell all my clients, look, if you're happy to live there, so would someone else. 
So that's uh, that's good advice. Yeah, and that's generally the way that you look at property. I think that's why people feel so comfortable with it because they can understand the driver of it, the demand and the value within it because it is a tangible thing you can drive past, although we encourage you not to. You might freak your tenants out. But it is something that you can pass on to the kids. You can put a roof over your head. And I guess it's been an extremely consistent performer and with a lot of tax advantages too, Nick. Oh, absolutely. Plenty of negative gearing available if you've if structured correctly and appropriately to your needs. And over the last 30 years, we've seen property increases, even though there's been the tech bubble and, and GFC and COVID. And we're still seeing those property values increase now. And there's no reason they shouldn't continue and increase, particularly with population going up. Yeah, what we're seeing, I guess, is construction levels are dipping significantly. So that's supply. We're seeing a lot of projects are not feasible. But what we are starting to see is population growth is growing again. So what that means is we're increasing demand through more people moving here, but we're declining in supply. So naturally, you've got that next uh, supply-demand equation that's uh, ebbing into you know, the favour of property owners, essentially. And rents are the other key statistic to look at at the moment. Vacancy rates down under 1%, 3% normal, so one's really low, and rents are growing at you know, anywhere between 10 to 20%, which is massive. So that has offset some of those higher interest rates that we're seeing. You've been listening to The Money Doctors, proudly brought to you by leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno Group. For more information, please call 03 9863 3111 or visit bongiorno.com.au. Please remember this general advice has been prepared without taking account of your objectives, financial situation or needs. You should consider the appropriateness of this advice before acting on it. If this general advice relates to acquiring a financial product, you should obtain a product disclosure statement before deciding to acquire the product.